time checking. Good evening tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We come from you live from the time-tripping news desk, as always, with my fellow newscasters, Eric Likes Milk McIsaac and Ryan Kooks Kookaroots. And we are coming at you from the TSB newsroom. This is Time Trippin', and we are here to discuss the year 1941. We got a lot of stories coming at you, a lot of stuff about movies, TV, pop culture, sports, music. Inventions, discoveries, oddities, you name it, we are going to be discussing this in the year 1941. Our main story tonight on the news desk, later up tonight, war has breaking out across the world. Nazis everywhere needed to be punched in the face. But, but first, as always, we start things off with Eric McIsaac and our pop culture report. But first, we head to our quick first commercial break. See these two portable radios? Well, watch this. Let her go, Betsy. Sorry, friend. You old-style portables have to go. But look at our new RCA Victor portable radio. Came through without a chip. Here's the world's first and only portable radio in the non-breakable impact case. So rugged, it's the only radio case with a five-year guarantee against chipping, cracking, or breaking in normal use. Of course, a tube might jar loose, but that's easily fixed. The important thing is RCA Victor's non-breakable impact case means no chipping, no cracking, <laughs> no breaking. And hear that tone. It's RCA Victor's great golden throat sound. See the world's only portables with the non-breakable impact case as low as $27.95 at your RCA Victor dealer. Hello, I'm Eric, and I'm here with Pop Culture News of 1941. Quick little fun fact, if you were born in 1941, you would be turning 80 this year, if you can't do simple math. Um, the popular movies of 1941 were Citizen Kane, The Maltese Falcon, Lady Eve, Sullivan's Travel, and Dumbo. We'll end off this uh, segment with some rec recognizable films set in 1941, uh, some movies that you might have actually heard of, Angela's Ashes, Midway, Casablanca, Barton Fink, Australia, Pearl Harbor, Godfather 2, the part where it's Michael's birthday, um, Inglorious Bastards, the opening scene at the dairy farm where Hans, La Hans Lada and his Nazi fuckers shoot up the place, and of course 1941, a movie about hysterical Californians as they prepare for Japanese invasion in the days after Pearl Harbor. Steven Spielberg's first big flop. Celebrities born in 1941. Uh, Bernie Sanders, Dick Cheney, Bob Dylan, Martha Stewart, and Neil Diamond. And also in pop culture, we're going to dive into some TV. Uh, in the 1940s, television started, stopped, started, and then took off. In the process, the rest of the world was even more than... <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm drunk. Um, scroll down. 
The first major step in television broadcasting came on July 1st, 1941, when the FCC authorized a commercial broadcasting on NBC. And it was a watch commercial for Bulova, and it cost them $7. Though on December 7th, Pearl Harbor was attacked by the Japanese, which became the first major news story broken by television. When World War II started, and the, all the commercial production of television was... Scroll the fuck down. <laughs> when World War II started, all the commercial production of television equipment was banned, and TV companies' production was redirected, redirected to radar and other high-tech uses. Even after the war, television was something few people had heard of. So the most popular animated cartoons at the time were Mickey Mouse, Popeye, Lo uh, Superman, and Looney Tunes. Um, but um, researching this, I found the most interesting one was called The Thrifty Pig, which was aimed to educate Canadians about World War II bonds. And it's a rehashing of the classic Three Little Pigs and the Big Bad Wolf, which has the Big Bad Wolf being portrayed as a big bad Nazi. If he's got the picture there. Yep. Um, so that's it for television, for pop culture. Um, now we're diving into... The to uh, other pop. <laughs> uh, I just gotta interrupt. I feel like we're doing like a school presentation. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Slowing it down a bit here because I'm just rushing through shit. <laughs> this is so fucked. Uh, toys of 1941. There wasn't much for toys going on, but the most popular toy of the year was the Tinker Toy, which is a toy construction set for children made up mostly of wooden spools and small sticks. Which is pretty sad. Some slang terms from the 1940s, which is the age of the foppish dandy. Uh, we got ace, which was a person of, with a high level of expertise. Another one that's still used quite a bit, broad, which is just a woman. Uh, a chrome dome, which is a bald, just a straight up bald man. Cold fish, a boring person or someone who isn't responsive. A jive bomber, which is uh, a good dancer, which is not what I was... Would, if someone were to call me a jive bomber, that's not what I would expect to be <laughs> referring to my dancing skills. A ducky shincracker, also a really good dancer. Um, a dolly dizzy is a boy who is crazy about girls, which I think I'd refer myself to as. And whistling Dixie, which just simply means wasting your time. Uh, the styles for 1941 were, for women, it was the, do you have the pictures of that? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> that's the, no. Alright. I only have the style of the guys. Alright, fuck it. Fuck it, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. For the women, uh, the, the style that they had were plaid A-line skirts with white button-down blouses. And for men, we had the zoot suits. Which were bright colored, baggies, legs, long jackets, and had all the girls raving. So, that's it for pop culture. I'm just diving into women. Alright, that's it for pop culture, but we're going to dive into some, some ladies here, some broads. Um, I know some of you know my taste in women is often questionable and sometimes just straight up upsetting. But I narrowed down the three hotties of the year 1941. Even though the 1941 saw horrific suffering of World War II, uh, the movies tried to remain wholesome and innocent. Soldiers were seeing lots of lost limbs, blood, and carnage. 
But the sad part was is they were not allowed to see so much sexuality on the t on the big screen. The sex symbols of the 1940s were drop dead gorgeous, in my opinion. Um, during World War II, these sex symbols made the soldiers have something to look forward to, and after world, the World War, or after the war, it gave them something to come home to. There were countless beauties in the movies <laughs> during the 40s. <laughs> even though these, hold on, these too far. Even though these birds are long dead, their beauty lives on. <laughs> Here are a few of the most popular. I'll pull up Rita. Rita. Yeah. This one here, Rita Hayworth. Her beauty was literally breathtaking, and she became a, f a favorite of soldiers in World War during World War II. Behind all the glitz and glamour of the 1940s Hollywood, Rita's life was a difficult one. From failed marriages to genius Orson Welles and singer Dick Haynes, to suffering Alzheimer's disease, Haysworth did not have an easy life. She deserved better. <laughs> Up next, we got Betty Grable. Uh, she herself could not sing. Is this the right picture? Nope, it's not. There we go. She herself could not sing or dance, or it was not a particularly good actress. But Betty Grable was the ultimate pinup girl for the soldiers during World War II. Her seductive, her seductive picture looking over the shoulder. Her fuck. <laughs> her seductive picture of over looking over the shoulder was one of the most popular images of the war, of the war years. She not only had a beauty about her, but the dame also seemed like an average girl you'd want to take to the jitterbug and have a soda pop <laughs> and call her your steady gal. And I, heck, I think that's just about the most fetching thing a girl could have. Uh, my personal favorite, though, Ava Gardner. If Betty Grable was the girl next door, then Ava Gardner was the girl from the other side of the tracks. She started in the movies from MGM in the 1940s. Ava made her mark in... Film, film noir movies and with her hither come hither looks it's too much <laughs> oh shit let's just say uh, yeah she was a hottie she was my fave she was sexy let's just leave it at that and that's it for me I guess coming up after this break Come on, let's bring back Kooks with Sports. <laughs> hey, it's Hasbro. Hasbro makes toys. What's new, Hasbro? Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with their own cars and trailers. That's what's new. See, Mr. Potato Head has a car and boat trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife, Mrs. Potato Head. It's such fun to do and so easy. Like this. Take any fruit or vegetable. Just stick in eyes then ears, and then the mouth. You can make the funniest looking people in the whole world. Potato Head people look different every time you make them. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with cars and trailers come in one and two dollar sizes. What else is new, Hasbro? A vanity case with toy cosmetics and beautiful accessories and real looking doctor and nurse kits. Hasbro makes great toys. It's fun to play with Hasbro. Oh, well, welcome back. We're going to talk about some sports here. The New York Yankees win the World Series in five games against the Brooklyn Dodgers, their fifth world championship in the last six years. Kind of boring, really. It's 1941. There's like four good teams. Philly has two teams for some reason, and they both suck. 
In other baseball news, though, two players accomplished feats so grand this season that we might never see them topped again. Ted Williams finished the season with a 406 batting average, and Joe DiMaggio had an incredible 56-game hitting streak. When asked how they felt, the two baseball icons released a joint statement together, reading, Thank God we only play against other white dudes. <laughs> the Chicago Bears win the NFL championship against the New York Giants, 37-9. The score was tied near the beginning of the third quarter when the Giants remembered who they actually are and proceeded to give up 28 straight unanswered points to embarrass their franchise once again. In hockey, the Boston Bruins swept the Detroit Red Wings in the Stanley Cup final. This was the first clean sweep in Stanley Cup history. When we polled Americans on this impressive feat, 7% responded that they were highly impressed. And 93% of them said, who the fuck cares? It's hockey in the United States in 1941. Nobody cares yet. On to football news. A college football game in Youngstown, Ohio this year saw the first official use of a penalty flag. After throwing the flag, a surge of power washed over the officials. And from that day on, they vowed to throw that flag as often as possible in every game ever for no reason. But our main feature today is on the world heavyweight champion of the time, Joe Lewis, also known as the Brown Bomber. Joe successfully defended his heavyweight title seven times in 1941, seven of 25 consecutive he had. He won six of those seven by knockout, and the seventh one he won by DQ. Should have been a knockout, but the manager jumped in and stopped the seventh round before it could happen. Dubbed as one of the greatest heavyweight title fights of all time, Joe Lewis faced off against light heavyweight champion Billy Kahn. This is that clip. Okay. Kahn had the better of the fight through 12 rounds, but by the 8th round, Lewis had begun suffering dehydration. By the 12th round, Lewis was exhausted, with Kahn ahead on two of three boxing scorecards, but against the advice of his corner, Billy always listened to the corner. He continued to closely engage with Lewis. In the later stages of the fight, <clears throat> Lewis made the most of this opportunity, knocking Khan out with two seconds left in the 13th round. Uh, one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. If you get a second, go check it out. And that's sports, but I think we're going to move straight into music. We're moving straight into music. <laughs> I need to scroll down. <laughs> All right. The music of 1941 was highlighted by jazz, blues, and big band orchestras, with white people singing harmonies over the top. The five best songs of 1941 included Walking the Floor Over You, which is considered by Ernest Tubbs, which is considered the first honky-tonk song of all time. Thanks a lot, Ernest. Chattanooga Choo Choo by Glenn Miller is one of the most confusing songs of all time. Please watch the video. There is several stops in it. There is uh, just a, like four 40-year-old white dudes harmonizing. It is, it is just a mess, but it had the highest chart ratings of the entire group. Uh, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy by the Andrews Sisters is a song everyone has heard and nobody knows the name of. All right? Go look for... Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy by the Andrews Sisters, and you'll go, oh, this song. Uh, 
The top two on the list, though, there's two jazz legends. We got Duke Ellington. He's also known as that uh, ghost from Big Mouth. He released Take the A-Train. And one of the greatest female singers of all time, Billie Holiday, released God Bless This Child. The Grammy Award for Album of the Year went to, drumroll please, nobody, because the Grammys wouldn't exist for another 18 years. And that's music. Coming up next, me with an ad. Coming up next is Dane with an ad and then Dane with some words. Hi, kids. Hi, kids. Kids, let's all sing the kids song. If you want shoes with lots of pep, get kids, kids, kids. Or bounce and zoom in every step, get kids, kids, kids. You'll be a champion with style. Get that ball a half a mile. They're tough, they last a long, long while. Kids, kids, kids. There's a pair of smart youngsters. Hi, kids. Hi, kids. Say, why do you kids wear kids? So I can run faster and jump farther. So I can win more often. Right. Always look for the label big and blue. Kids, kids, kids. That spells out U.S. kids for you. Kids, kids, kids. Those shock arches sure are neat. The right support for growing feet. So be a champion athlete. Kids, kids, kids. Product of United States. All right. Welcome to another iteration of Creative Corner with Crooked Cut. Where here at the Time Tripping Desk, I take you through a look at the inventions, discoveries, and creations that I find interesting in the year. Looking back at 1941, a year in the midst of world war, the world was seeking heroes and inspiration as well as an escape. Rather than look uh, to real people who were risking their lives in the war, they instead turned their gaze to brightly colored costume characters punching, their Nazi punching Nazis left and right. Now, yes, people turned to the page comic of comic books where creatives like Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, John L. Goldwater, William Marston, and Mort Wise Singer crafted decades and generational spanning heroes in the likes of Wonder Woman, Captain America, uh, Green Arrow, Archie and the gang as well. They were all created in 1941. Aquaman was also created that same year, but he was still just a joke of a seaman who most people thought had sex with fish. He hadn't yet become the tattooed hulk of a man that the movies would later portray, who still most likely had sex with fish. Was I supposed to click Aquaman there? No. Okay. So that's just my intro. Okay, sweet. Uh, yes, the world of comics and heroes were all the rage, but real war was also raging, and the soldiers were dying on the battlefield with, uh, without a belly full of chocolate, because it kept melting in their chubby, fat soldier pockets. A solution was needed, and the Mars Company had the solution. As well, Cheerios made a great decision with their original name in 1941, which was Cheery Oats. From the original name suggested, Cheer up, kid. I know your parents are dead from the war, but eat some fucking oats and milk. So let's take a deeper look into the year and creations, as mentioned before, and let's uh, begin with a quick oral history of all the comic book characters and created in the uh, time-tripping Lord year of our Lord Jesus Christ, 1941. <sighs> 1941, the year of Nazis, and Nazis needed to be punched in the fucking face. Enter Joe Simon and Jack Kirby in the creation of Captain America, uh, the ultimate American soldier. All right, the year of Nazis being punched in the face. Captain America is a superhero appearing in American comic books published by Marvel in 1941. Scroll down. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, the f- character first appeared in Captain America Comics number one, cover dated in March 1941 from Tiny Comics, a predecessor of Marvel Comics. Captain America was designed as the patriotic sol- super soldier who often fought the Axis powers of World War II and was Timely Comics' most popular character during the wartime period. The popularity of superheroes uh, war- waned following the World War, and Captain America comic book was discontinued in 1950 with a short-lived revival in 1953. Since Marvel Comics revived the character in 1964, Captain America has remained in publication. He would later be played and portrayed by on the big screen by Chris Evans, the man with America's ass. Spoilers, but watching him finally get it to dance with Peggy at the end still makes the cynical fuck believe in happiness for a second. But then I snap back to happiness and reality. Uh, Captain America was the ultimate uh, man, so as a male sex fiend, or just wait, Captain America was the (laughs) ultimate man, so it took a male sex fiend who created the ultimate woman. Wonder Woman was created by the mind of a man in a polyamorous relationship with two women and an affinity for being bound. Gives you a whole new perspective on the lasso of truth. Uh, Wonder Woman was created by American psychologist and writer William Moulton Marston uh, and artist Harry G. Peter. Marston's wife, Elizabeth, and their polyamorous partner, Olive, are credited as as being inspiration for the character's appearance. Marston's comic uh, features his ideas on disc theory, and the character drew a great deal of inspiration from early feminists, and especially from the birth control pioneer Margaret Sanger and particular her piece, Woman in the New Race. The character first appeared in All-Star Comics number 8 in 1941, with her first feature in Sensation Comics number 1 in 1942. Uh, He also, uh, Marston also helped create the technology behind the polygraph machine, aka the lie detector, which was the inspiration behind the lasso of truth. Wonder Woman was recently seen in this year's uh, worst film, uh, regarded by some, Uh, where the character is seen raping a man whose consciousness was gone. It's a weird look for the hero who started as a sex fiend and was created by a sex fiend, but just don't go watch that movie. Uh, to round this out, we got Aquaman Arthur Curry, a.k.a. Uh, yeah, Aquaman. Superhero, uh, appearing in American comic books, which was first created by Paul Morris and Mark Weisenberg in More Fun Comics 19, uh, number 73 in 1941. Uh, just go down, I don't even know this. Uh, most recently, the character was portrayed by Jason Momoa, and we will see him again soon in Zack Snyder's four-hour-long recut of the Justice League movie, coming four out hours. in the current timeline of March 2021. Let's hope ha- that we hear him say, my man, every hour, because goddamn do I love him hear him saying, my man. Then we have Green Arrow and Speedy, first appeared in uh, More Fun Comics uh, number 73, dated November 1941. Uh Artist George Pop and Martin Wisem singer again created the character uh, based on Robin Hood. Uh, <laughs> lastly, not quite a hero or superhero in any ways, but a staple in the comic industry since it was created. Archie and the gang entered the world and created the ultimate American dream and town in Riverdale until the future when those characters would be turned into sex-fueled murder teens in a television show suited for 14-year-olds. The sweet life isn't so sweet for Archie and Jughead and the gang. Uh, So there you go, some comic book history for you. Go up there and read a comic book or I'll punch you in your face just like Cap did Hitler. 
Speaking of Hitler, there was war going on in 1941, and motherfuckers were dying. Dying without being able to take one final bite of chocolate because they reached into their bloody half-blown-out hand into their pocket for some delicious Swiss candy. But, oh no, it fucking melted because of the battle. Uh, Forced Mars Sr. said, Fuck no, this isn't happening anymore to my American soldiers. Uh, so he did what any good American would do. He stole the idea from seeing it in a previous Spanish Civil War and said, Hey, we're going to do that. So they decided to candy coat their chocolate into little pebblets based on a British candy of the same thing. Uh... And they were like, we're going to get rich off war because that's what war is all about, baby. <laughs> so this guy got his dad, the owner of the Mars Company, to manufacture candy-coated chocolate. Uh, so now when these soldiers were laying there with seven bullet wounds and then they can reach into their pocket confidently knowing they can have a bully fell of, full of chocolate when they're dying. Uh, all I needed to know was that they died with a belly full of chocolate and that helps me sleep at night. Uh, the candy originated in the U.S. in 1941 and has been sold over a hundred uh, countries since 2001. They were produced in different colors, uh, some of which has changed over the years. Uh, go down. Uh, the longest lasting slogan reflects this. Melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Um, go down a bit. as Just up a bit. Um, as well, these may be good enough for soldiers, but they're not good enough for E.T., the extraterrestrial. That little motherfucker was all about them Reese's Pieces. Lastly, in our big main discovery and invention um, of the year 1941, in my opinion, is the classic breakfast cereal Cheerios. Though originally it had a different name in Cheerios up until 1945, when people were just like, fuck it, the cool kids are calling it Cheerios, we're just going to stick with it. Uh, Cheerios is now most notable with their Honey Nut Cheerio, but that wasn't started until 1979. Their first flavor they experimented with was Cinnamon Nut Cheerios in 1976. Uh, some other notable ones, Apple Cinnamon, uh, you got Yogurt Burst, you got Oat Cluster, you got Chocolate Cheerios. Uh, a lot of fucking Cheerios out there, but it all started in 1941. Uh, so those are some great inventions. <laughs> a lot of comics filled. As you know, I'm a comic book nerd. Uh, hopefully another year will bring us some more inventions. But go there and learn yourself something. Now, quick commercial break. You know, if you were to follow oh. a busy doctor right. as he makes his daily round of calls, you would find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. And because they know what a pleasure it is to smoke a mild, good-tasting cigarette, they're particular about the brand they choose. In a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Why not change to camels for the next 30 days and see what a difference it makes in your smoking... Everybody needs energy-packed sunbeam bread. Yes, it's all aboard for fun in the park, but Junior hasn't got energy enough for fun. He'd sure like to ride that horse. Hey, what's this? An energy-packed sunbeam sandwich. 
You bet every delicious slice of Sunbeam bread sure does pack a big energy wallop. There's nothing like Sunbeam energy to help you stay on the beam. Now, look at them go. On Sunbeam Energy, they sure do enjoy life. Everybody needs the kind of real zip and zing pep that delicious Sunbeam bread gives you. Yes, stay on the beam with energy-packed Sunbeam bread. All day long, eat Sunbeam bread and renew energy as you burn it up. Eat delicious Sunbeam bread. We are all on the screen now. What a clusterfuck. But let's keep her going. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. New show, new jitters, all right? But we're going to kick this off with a little segment we like to call Weekend Update. Time trip in 1941. The Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941, forcing President Roosevelt to declare war on Japan the following day with the infamous Day of Infamy speech. We all know what happened next. Guys, this might be the first extensively documented case of when keeping it real goes wrong. It's true. We can, uh, people still question and look back and wonder, who did Pearl Harbor worse, the Japanese or Michael Bay? Uh, when President Roosevelt got the news of bombing of Pearl Harbor, he simply said, I won't stand for this. <laughs> 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 These jokes are dark. <laughs> dark year. The United States, the United Service Organization, USO for short, is created in February of 1941 to entertain the troops around the world. You know, because nothing says thanks for dodging Nazi bullets like Bob Hope telling you golf jokes. Right, Eric? Yep. When Dumbo was asked... <laughs> What his least favorite band was, he told us, Cage the Elephant. <laughs> As well, everyone's complaining about the draft. I don't understand. Just close the fucking window. Maya? <laughs> <laughs> I'm up. No, you can hit yours, guys. All right. Uh, Adolf Hitler is recently in some hot water. He finally got the gas bill. <laughs> Speaking of Hitler, <laughs> 1941 was the beginning of the mass killings of Jewish people by Hitler. It's estimated that over 100,000 Jews were killed during this year as part of the ongoing Holocaust. Uh, the murder they don't talk about, though, is German actors' chances of being a hero in the next 75 years of action movies. <laughs> as well, Bugs Bunny made his first appearance on a cartoon title card in 1941. Fun fact, Lola Bunny saw Bugs Bunny's bent wiener laner and said, we gotta name him Fuck's Funny. <laughs> and that was the weekend update. <laughs> 1941 edition. 1941 edition weekend update. That didn't go terribly. No, killing right. it. Alright, and we're gonna end our time tripping episode off with each of us hitting you with a certain subject. One of us with a person of the year, one of us with a story of the year, and another one with a hidden fact of the year. Uh, who wants to take it away? I'll go first. All right. Uh, so I'm going to do FDR. Uh, he was the president from the Great Depression to World War II. Uh, he beat out Man of the Year, or he won, he got Man of the Year, and he beat out Dumbo and Mickey Rooney. <laughs> um, all I got to say about him is he couldn't stand for himself, so he stood for his country. <laughs> 
And a little fun fact about him is that he married his fifth cousin. That's almost... Are you even cousins at five? Doesn't matter, bro. I stop at, <laughs> I stop at one. <laughs> All right. You go ahead, Dane. All right. My fun fact of the year... Uh, maybe is... I should have left you for last year's was fun. Yeah. Um, well, yours is the big story. As I said, the main topic of tonight is war. Uh, but what, my... is it, what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Uh, my fun fact is about Hedy Lamar, uh, an Aust- Austrian-Hungarian-born actress, uh, also inventor who, in 1941, created a patent for frequency-hopping spread spectrum technology, which was the basis for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth technology. Uh, She's a badass motherfucker who was also in Oscar-nominated films and just lived her life to the fullest. And yeah, if she wasn't around, we may not be able to do the show via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. So shout-out to Hedy Lamar. Shout out to Eni. Yeah, she's she's fine. All right, not to undercut her anything. Bottom on your yeah, you're uh, oh yeah, online. All right, and our, our main topic of the night. Our main topic of the night and the dis- nineteen forty one. The discussion of the night uh, is the attack on Pearl Harbor. Surprise, surprise! We only hit nine jokes on it. Um, so on December seventh, nineteen forty one. Without warning, uh, Japan bombs Pearl Harbor. Now, we've obviously all seen the terribly done Ben Affleck movie. Uh, Josh Hartnett, give him credit too. Yeah, little Josh Hartnett too. But uh, the the crazy thing about this attack is, if you follow wars at all, I guess, <laughs> is uh, it was completely like un unprovoked and unknown. In fact. Uh, a ambassador in Japan said, "Hey, be careful! Japan's tricky motherfuckers, and uh, they they might be doing a sneak attack." Um, so the attack commenced at 7:48 uh, a.m. Hawaiian time. The base was attacked by scroll. The base was attacked by scroll. <laughs> the base was attacked by 353 Imperial Japanese aircraft, including uh, fighters, dive bombers, and torpedo bombers, in two waves launched from six aircraft carriers. Uh, of the eight U.S. Navy battleships present, all were damaged, with four of them being sunk. All but the USS Arizona were later raised, and six were returned to service and went on to fight in the war. Uh, the Japanese also sank or damaged... Um, the Japanese also sank or damaged three cruisers, three destroyers, an anti-aircraft uh, training ship. Basically, the big thing with this is they weren't expecting it. Uh, 188 aircraft were destroyed. 2,403 Americans were killed. Another 1,178 were wounded. And uh, they ended up trying Japan because in wars there are rules and you cannot just sneak attack motherfuckers. I didn't know that, but apparently in war you can't just sneak attack motherfuckers. There are rules to war. Rules to, rules to war. So, boys, uh, besides the movie, any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on Pearl Harbor? Uh, so basically, if it was the game Battleship, Japan would have been the winner. No, they would have <laughs> been caught for cheating. Oh, yeah, and then Roosevelt just donkey punched their whole country <laughs> later. It was yeah. It led to a lot of also like internment camps in Japan. A lot of like. Uh, 
Uh, George Takai, his family after Pearl Harbor, his family was sent into internment camps and stuff because any Japanese living in America was just then deemed as an enemy, even though, like, it's like, hey, we moved here to escape this shit, but it was like, it's war times. I mean, who knows if they're spies or anything. So it led to a dark history in America that people don't really talk about. Um, and led to a shit movie that's always on PGTV. I can honestly mm-hmm. say I've never seen the full movie because, yeah, I'd always see it with commercials and stuff, and then I'd always turn away. Uh, was it Kate Beckinsale's first movie? Yeah. Yeah. She's the reason I love her. Mm-hmm. Or that's the movie. That's, that <laughs> movie's the reason that I love her, I yes. should say. I'm sorry. And uh, it's a, a movie, another movie, a movie for, the, for why I hate Ben Affleck because... He was about 40 years old, portraying a 20-year-old in that movie, and that just yep. doesn't fly with me. <laughs> and that was Josh Hartnett. I think that was the last time anybody's seen Josh Hartnett alive. Nope, Sin City. Mm. Sin City out of nowhere. No, he's in a TV show, uh, Penny Dreadful. He's he's a werewolf, I think. That's any time. I, that's the last time I saw him like alive, like in, I guess, spi- in spirit. I guess Sin City is in black and gray, like this was too. Yeah. But yeah, but, hey, I haven't. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say is something about wrapping the show. I was. That's where okay. I was heading. What I was going to say and cut this part then is, uh, guys, we're going to ask for some feedback after we cut what we would put yes. into YouTube right now. Uh, so we're going to have an open discussion with you guys on some feedback because this is a new show. Yes. But now, get us out and then we'll talk about well, it. Well, I think as an end, we should always now do, guys, looking back on 1941, what's your biggest takeaway? What are you happy you learned about? What, anything like that? Um, there were some babes in 1941. I learned that doing my research. Um, some bomb-ass movies. Dumbo. Uh, there was a lot of... Citizens uh, Kane. I don't even think we mentioned that other than a Cooper's joke. There was a, no, I mentioned that. And like, yeah. That was like one of the popular movies. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of good movies that came out that year. A lot of uh, war propaganda cartoons, which I'm going to watch more of tonight because they were fucking hilarious. And yeah. It was just a. It was a really. Just seemed like a shit year to be alive, but yeah, good, right? good time to look back on. From my research, uh, <laughs> I learned that baseball was kind of a joke. Um, <laughs> like there's just like nine Hall of Famers starting for the Yankees, and they just kept winning, and and there was still no African American players. I guess no black players in the still league. Still have yet. their own league. Uh, they still have the Negro League going. I also learned that the music uh, was bad. Yeah, bad. I've been jiving. I've been jiving in 1941 music all week, and it's not fucking. It doesn't slap. It does not slap. Uh, the music was not there. Like honestly, every number one hit felt like an episode of Glee. Like it just wasn't dope. And. Uh, other than that, I learned, honestly, Franklin Roosevelt was a motherfucking boss. He got elected to the third term, last president, we didn't mention, last president to ever serve more than yeah, two terms. I he, found that out, too. He, uh, he ended up serving four, but he was sworn in for his third term on this one, and it hasn't happened since. But Fuck all you, all, Donald Trump. <laughs> I would not want to live in said era. Absolutely not. No. Uh, yeah, looking back... Uh, as me as a comic book reader, it was very interesting learning that, yeah, 1941 was a very uh, big year where, yeah, people were turning towards heroes and looking for that outlook and inspiration in a very dark time. And it was interesting seeing, yeah, Captain America being born then, uh, Green Arrow, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, all these things. Even, like, Archie's Jughead, which was, like, almost 
a complete distraction where you're just like the perfect yeah. suburban life, uh, like Archie and the Jughead and the gang. Like, there's war going on, but we're on fucking Riverdale and we're just eating cheeseburgers and stuff, hanging out. Uh, I didn't mention Isaac Asimov uh, was uh, coined terming the term robotics for the first time, although he credits it to something else even earlier. But uh, it really gained notoriety in 1941 with one of his short novels. Uh, crazy inventing robotics in 1941 and in 2020 where have live sex dolls that we fuck. Yeah. Oh, how got the, one on the way from Amazon. <laughs> oh, how the times have changed. I got one from Wish. So that's sure. yeah, that's the one's even better. Yeah. Uh, apparently, too, in that short story I read, uh, one of the cities that he describes in one of his uh, short stories. Uh, was the inspiration behind Coruscant, which is like the main uh, city in Star Wars, if you know that shit. Uh, so again, this being the first year, I'm glad and have now, I see the the goodness behind this series and that I'm going to learn a lot of things. Uh, so I look forward to that. I don't know who the asshole was that picked 1941, but yes. I'm glad they picked that year randomly because... All right. that year. I'm going to, as we close out, I'm going to put a poll in chat of three years in three different decades, and you and chat are going to decide our next year that yeah. we do. All right. Um, Eric, pick a year. Pick a year? 1985. Kooks, pick a year. Um... 19... Can't be in the 80s. It won't be in the 80s. Let's do 1994. Good year. It's a good year. I remember it well. 1994, and I'll hit us up with a 79. Uh, 1979 is the winner with four votes at 80%. So that is our next year. Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> 1979. Oh, yeah, there's no phones. We're going to have to go get some. 1979. I'm going to grow my mustache and go buy it. Yeah, so you expect us in color next time you see us. Like dark, dark color. Yeah, the saturated. Saturated color. Sepia tones. Yeah, there'll be a hue. All right, so have mustaches, and I'm going to be wearing a nice brown suit. And, yeah, I realized I was so nervous in the beginning and rushed everything. We are the spare bedroom. We record these shows live on Sunday at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thesparebedroom where you can hop in the live chat, follow along, be a part of the interactive show. That's why we do this on Twitch. But if you miss the shows, don't worry. I put them up on YouTube the following day. You can catch this on YouTube at youtube.com slash thesparebedroom as well as all of our other clips, sketches, anything else we've done. If you don't like watching us and you just want to listen to us, you can catch us on any audio streaming service, Spotify, Apple Music, you name it, you can find us there as well. I don't know how well this show will do, but I'm still going to do an audio version of it. Uh, if we do game show show and everything. Yeah, I was we'll going to say, this is, makes more sense. Yeah, this is actually version. a good audio show. Now yeah. <laughs> Next time I'm just going to fucking read. Um, I, can't, we, I can't read this goddamn script. As well, if you want to buy any merch, head to redbubble.com slash people slash spare dash bedroom if nikki can put that in the chat right now that would be fantastic head over there click on designs click the design you like and then click any sort of oh, product like. you want to purchase yep. um we'll figure it out what was that 
Oh, I just asked him if 64 worked. Uh, no, it does not. <laughs> I tried on both my TVs, and I have a separate adapter, and it did not work on anything there. Uh, so we got to buy another so 64. So we have to you figure that out. a faulty 64. So next week, you may just catch us doing a YouTube reaction show, a hangout show. Um, I feel that will be the case. We may have a guest even, but it won't be a Nintendo 64 show. Uh, so next week, we'll see what happens. Other than that, we'll be back to our regular schedule of uh, game show show, three-way, and then back to time tripping. Um, as well, I think that is all of the housekeeping that needs to be taken care of. Guys, if you were here tonight, I see we're just at 19 viewers. We were averaging around 15, so if you were just tuning in, you missed our very first time tripping episode. That is why we were in black and white. We were talking about 1941. We talked all about the celebrity gossip, the movies, the TV, the sports, the discoveries, inventions, everything. As soon as this stream ends, you can re-watch it immediately on Twitch or catch it tomorrow on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate you. It's a brand new month as well, or as well we're halfway through a month, so if you have Amazon Prime, you get a free subscription to Twitch Prime. Hit us up with that subscription. It costs you nothing, but it helps us out. Or if you want to give us some money, hey, we'll take it and we'll do something with it. Uh, guys, anything else before no. we go? Nope. Thanks for watching. Thank you for watching. Get the fuck out of our room until next time, until another year, until another segment. Catch 1979. What the fuck was that noise? That was another uh, Pody just gifted, gifted five, five tier, tier ones. ones. Thank you, Pody. See, we got little Charlie Brown dancing now.